We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Boy, it's been a minute here. So... Uh, what's been going on? Um, well, on, for the start, I have the flu. Yes, uh, you ask yourself, well, how did you get the flu? I got it from my kid's play. Now, of course, you can't get the flu from a play. Although, boy, it sure felt like it, huh? Oh, uh, so the music this time, uh, is a band called Yebba. Uh, I'll tell you more about how I discovered Yebba. Uh, after I get uh, tell you a little bit about the flu, uh, here, take a listen. If I shoot him in the stomach, then he's okay. So, yes, the flu. Um, not, oh, not only did I get the flu, my kid got COVID. So, and and Miriam, last person standing, she somehow escaped unscathed like she had gotten her flu shot she had gotten her covid vaccine updates i mean so did i but uh managed to to skate free hopefully i don't sound too bad uh, i mean certainly not wor- hopefully not worse than usual so um yeah uh okay so the flu uh is interesting nowadays because in the old days if you said you had the flu it was just like, well, does your body ache? Do you have a fever? You know, they'd run down this checklist of symptoms. But now they actually have a test for it. And uh, and so I went to urgent care and I was like, you know what? I think I have the flu. And they tested me and they said, good news. You don't have COVID. Uh, bad news. You have the flu. And so now we get, so we get through that play. Let's talk about the school play business for a little bit too. So when, so I did school plays when I was uh, in high school. So our kid now is in sixth grade. So I actually, I did do plays uh, through this uh, organization called uh, Children's Theater Workshop, I think it was called. And uh, those were fun and they were musicals and I can't sing very well. So it was a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a bad fit, but I still enjoyed it. But, you know, we had to run lines, right? And even in high school, I mean, I had no lines in sixth grade, but in, in high school, I had a lot of lines. Uh, and so, Running lines at, at you know when you're at home is just part of the deal, right? So I was the guy this time as the adult to run lines with our kid. And when you run lines, you just say them as fast as you can, and it's not about emoting or you know anything. It's just. I need to prove that I know the lines. If I don't know the lines, you need to tell me what the line is. Hopefully the next time around we do this, I'll remember the line. It's just brute force 
I, I, I can't even call it memorization at that point, but it's just repetition. Just do it and do it and do it and hopefully it'll seep into your brain. So, I'm, we're doing this and I'm like, hey, um, I say to our kid, I say, hey, can you just as this, this is the last time that we're gonna do this, could you do it like you're gonna do it on stage? And, and the kid's like, no, no. I'm just do. I'm gonna do it like I, I have been doing all these other times. This is the way I do it. And I'm like, okay. And then uh, when I see the play, I realize, oh no no, that is the way they do it on stage, saying it as fast as possible. And not just my kid, everybody's kid, everybody. And I was really expecting uh, Vanessa Bayer on Saturday Night Live used to do this child actor. Um, and, uh, the, the bit is just, you know, oh my gosh, look at all of this, you know, and it's just very sing-songy and overdramatic. Not these kids. No, these kids are, hey, Sheriff, there's somebody over at the barn. Oh my God, the bank's been robbed. Oh my God, we gotta go. Okay, there are the bad guys over there. It's just say the words as fast as possible. Just get them out of your head. And you know what? Thank God, <laughs> because that play already is an hour long. If people took their time, we'd be there all night. You know, and the thing starts at like eight. It's a half an hour drive. I mean, good Lord, we can get home till 10. <sighs> all right, but, um, and then, oh, and then when it was over, the play was over and we're leaving, um, I was so happy because that meant I didn't have to run lines anymore. I just, I didn't have to do, I, we, no more rehearsals, no more anything. We were done. And then the drama teacher comes up to us and says, you know, one of the girls was sick for this performance and this was the only performance that they were doing it in front of parents. So we thought because next week is the cast party, that we would just do the play again. Uh, you <laughs> would have thought my life, you could just feel my life just draining out of my body and and um, pissing the floor everywhere. Just, I, I, it was, it was going from this enormous sense of relief to like, oh, no, 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 you're doing this again. It's just like, oh, mother of God, okay. And then I got the flu and I haven't done jack shit. And it's been great. Let me tell you, this is the best flu I've ever had. Hell, the kid uh, who is tested negative for, for COVID yesterday or the, even the day before and the wife, they're gone. They're out of the house. They're at the cast, not the cast party, but they're at the play or the cast party or whatever. They'll be gone for hours. And not me, <laughs> no, no, I'm uh, I'm just uh, just chilling, just talking to you guys. So I have to tell you one other uh, thing about so, um, when so I went to urgent care specifically because I wanted to get Tamiflu. And Tamiflu, uh, if you've never had it or 
know about it. It is what you're supposed to take in the first, I don't know what, it's like first 48 hours or 36 hours or something of being, of, of, of noticing symptoms of the flu. So I went there on day two, I lied, and I said it had only been one day, and I said, or day three, I guess, and I, and I got the prescription, but it was eight o'clock by that point, and I said, okay, look, don't send it to my usual pharmacy. That trash barrel closes at five. Five, how is anybody supposed to get their drugs when the pharmacy closes at five? So I said, okay, look, there's this 24-hour pharmacy in uh, like three towns over. Just send it there. So I go there. It's now 8.30 and I'm, it's raining, of course. Of course it has to be raining. You know, it can't be, nothing can be simple. So um, I get there, there's a drive-through, drive-through pharmacy. I'm like, this is great. I don't have to get out of my car. I can listen to my podcast. I can crank up the heat. It'll be lovely. I sat there for five minutes, not a car moved. I'm six cars deep in this line. I'm like, it'll be midnight before I get this. So I said nuts to this, park the car, go inside. Okay, so now I get in there and now there's two people ahead of me in line. So great, progress, right? There's one guy, just generic business dude, okay? And then the guy behind him uh, appears to be homeless. Uh, and he's got, you know, luggage. He's got a motorcycle helmet for some reason. I guess maybe he's prone to falling down. I don't know. Um, a coat that has definitely seen better days. And I start thinking, Jesus Christ, this guy, this guy's gonna be a problem, right? Cause he's not here getting medication. He's gonna get to the line. He's gonna start screaming about how he's in pain and he needs drugs and come on, man, be cool. Can't you just give me some drugs? I'm in pain. You see me every day, you know me. I'm a good guy, give me some drugs. I'm good for it. I'll be back tomorrow, I'll pay you. My, my Aunt Linda's coming into town tomorrow. She'll give me some money, I'll promise. I'll be back, but I'm in pain now. Plus I'd like some, some cocaine. Uh, so, right, like that's what I'm expecting. Well, let's just say he did some needless flirting with the lady behind the counter. He got his medication. It took him too long to do it, but not an unreasonable amount of time and he leaves. So then I get to the counter and I'm like, hey, I'm here to you know pick up my Tamiflu. And she's like, oh, huh, there's a, hmm. I'm gonna have to go get the pharmacist. I'm like, oh dear Lord. So needless, so now I'm the problem, right? Like here, I thought this guy in front of me was gonna hang out, hold up the show, and I was gonna rot here and die in line. No, I'm the problem. Uh, that that really should be the uh, one of my many rejected autobiography titles is I'm the problem. Can you imagine if like your family member gets you story worthy, which is that thing where you basically write the story of your life and then this company publishes it for you and then you it's you you 
I don't know, sell copies to your other family members? My mom did this. It's the fucking most boring book in the world. It's basically a list. It's just 400 pages of lists of things that she's done. And I'm and for the most part, things enjoyable things that she's done. But anyway, yeah. What if you were story worthy, and and uh, and your your family member, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to read Dad's life story, and you just open the book, and it's just 50 pages, and it's like my life was a shit show, and you were part of it, uh, but not because of it or something. Anyway, I digress. Anyway, so I've been on the Tamiflu. Um, I will say Tamiflu wise, that first night I got it great like I woke up the next day so much better than I had been but then every subsequent day eh, I, I haven't really noticed much of an improvement but but Tamiflu let me thank you for not being as effective as I thought you might be because if you were I'd be at that goddamn school play again not here talking to you good people Okay, so enough flu talk. Let's talk about Yebba for a second. So, um, Howard Stern, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan, y'all know that. Um, he has the has a microphone, he has a whole radio thing set up in, in the basement of his house, his 900 billion square foot house in, in the Hamptons. And he will have fancy dinner parties with like Robert Downey Jr. and um, Jason Bateman and Jimmy Fallon and all of these people. And then um, he just says, hey, let's go do, let's go, let's go do a radio show. And so they will go downstairs. They have a hookup, obviously, with Sirius Satellite Radio. He calls them and he says, we're going live. And then the guy over there just flips a switch and says, great, you're live. And so, uh, not the most recent time, which was yesterday, which Howard did for his birthday, but the previous time, he had his fancy friends there, John Bon Jovi, um, uh, Mary McCormick, who, who played the wife in his movie Private Parts, and he was like, yeah, let's have a radio party. So you guys pick a song that's meaningful to you and then I'll put it on and uh, and play it. And John Bon Jovi's pick was Hotel California. Way to go, John Bon Jovi. Way to play the most fucked out song we've heard a billion times. Good going, no points for originality. I, uh, I would have rather have heard a deep cut of one of your songs than that song again. But Mary McCormick picked Yebba. And that's what this is. Um, and Howard Stern was annoyed because what really what Howard Stern wants in this arena is he wants you to pick a song 
that is um, known. It's like he wants you to pick a song that no one has thought about for five years, but as soon as you say it, everybody's like, oh my God, I totally forgot about that song. So Howard Stern's choice, and of course he knew he was gonna do this, so he got the extra advantage of, you know, knowing this was coming, so he got to pick the right, the quote unquote, right song. And the song he picks is C, uh, oh God, it's such a tongue twister. C, she, no, she sells sanctuary. Boy, if already I wasn't the most sibilant man on earth, like really pounding that into the microphone, really just, you get it. Um, she sells sanctuary by the cult, which I think is from like 1987, 88, something like that. And, you know, mission accomplished, right? No one's thought about that for a long time, but you hear it and you're like, oh, right, I remember when this song was it. But, right, he didn't like Yeba because he's not interested in introducing people to new music. He's interested in, like, playing the hits. Like, that's what he's always wanted to do. He's going to have a... He had Green Day on uh, yesterday or the day before, or no, a couple days ago. Anyway, um... And he, he, you know, they wanted to play, not this time, but in the past, they wanted to play the new song. And Howard Stern's like, screw that. I want you to play the hits. And they said, screw you. We're playing the new song. And that pissed him off. But, you know, it wound up being a hit. So I, I guess, you know, six of one, right? So now the big thing that we did other than get sick, was we went to Disneyland. Now, <laughs> Disneyland is exhausting. Um, Disneyland is a sprint and a marathon because, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you're constantly trying to figure out like, oh, um, well, wh where should we go and what line and, and you're looking at an app that has wait times for all the rides. Oh, this one's, it's like playing the stock market. Oh, this ride only has a 35 minute wait. Let's run over there. You know, drop whatever you're doing. Let's run over there right now before the line gets long again, it goes back up to an hour. And then, you know, for the ones that do have hour long waits, then it's just like, okay, let's run over here and then we'll just stand. But you never actually just stop. You're always kind of like slowly shuffling your way through because these lines just they, they move them. They move those people through. But Thanos was right, man. There's just too many goddamn people on this earth. You know, it's just they, they designed these rides to like move people quickly. But there's just so many people. Um, okay, so let's talk about the low lights. Let's do the bad stuff first. So we were there for two days. On the second day, oh wait, the first day, the first day drove me crazy. Cause the kid is like, right out of the gate. The kid is 11 now, still has no patience for anything. So we, we get there. It's like the park has been open for an hour, I think at that point. And already the lines are starting to, you know, fill up. They're they're nowhere mid, you know, midday levels. And I'm like, okay, well, let's hit all those rides, you know, before the lines get really long. And the kid looks at the app and goes, 
I want to go on the teacups. I'm like, why? She's like, because it's five minutes. And I'm like, yeah, but the five fucking minutes that you spend on the teacups is that the, the, the good rides are gonna fill up, right? Like, don't, you're, use, you're doing it wrong. That's the only thing I kept thinking to my, and then I just had to get over it. And I was just like, fine, whatever. I mean, it's gonna, we're gonna stand in long lines at some point, right? We're not, it's not like we, it's gonna turn noon and then we're just gonna leave, no. We're gonna, we're here all day. We're gonna stand in some long lines. We're gonna stand in some short lines. Here it is. Okay. So now let's get to the, to the positives. Um, there are a lot of positives. Uh, the biggest positive is, uh, they have this thing called single rider lines. They don't have it for every, oh wait, uh, there is one other negative. Um, occasionally, rides just break down at Disneyland. Uh, and when that happens, they got they shoo everyone away, they close off the ride, and then you come back. And it does not matter if you had been waiting in that line for an hour or five minutes. You have to get out of line. They don't give you a, a, a voucher. They don't give you a place, you know, you don't, you don't get your place in line back, just nothing. You're just done. And then, and then it takes an hour to reboot a ride. I do not know what in that, what in the world is taking an hour. It's probably mostly safety checks, but still it seems, it seems a little ridiculous that it takes an hour to reboot a ride. Okay, right, single rider line. So the single rider line is a little bit like gambling. If, <laughs> if you didn't think uh, Disneyland had anything for adults, well, guess what? Now there's gambling with your wait times. So there's only a few rides that have this. There's a goofy ride in um, California Great Adventure, and there's a couple other rides within the main Disneyland park, but the one that we went to was uh, the um, Matterhorn. And the Matterhorn is cool because they updated it a lot since I was a kid. And it's all about the snowman. It's all about the Yeti that lives in the Matterhorn. And they have these shadowy images of the Yeti like running around and then, you know, partway through the ride, he jumps out at you and and it's great. It's great. It's not the, you know, 1970s technology that uh, that you think it's going to be and the way you remember it. But single rider line. So the way it works is you get in the single rider line and in the Matterhorn, the let's take this ride, for instance, um, it is a single file uh, what is that, uh, car, um, and so you're just, you know, one person behind each other. And each car seats four people. Now, what the ride operator will do is they'll say, how many in your party? You'll say two. They say, good, stand over there. How many people in your party? 
Now, if, <laughs> if the next group is two, then you go ride the ride with, with those people. So now you're a group of four. If you're a group of one, or no, you wouldn't be a group of one, you'd be in the single rider line. Well, let's say, let's say instead of a group of two, let's say you're a group of three. Now, they don't have, now they're just wasting that extra seat. So then they turn to the single rider line and they're like, good news, you're up. You sit behind them, right? And uh, it's weird because you're just rooting for odd numbers. Yeah, you're just sitting there going, please, sevens, threes, come on, seven, come on, three. Daddy needs to ride a ride. Let's go. And it's great. Like, we did that single rider ride line like three times. And, um, I would say we were not more than five minutes behind one another, you know, because there's there's gaps, you know, you have to wait because sometimes those even numbers, boy, they just keep rolling through. But, you know, she's old enough now. She just waits at the exit. You know, an adult gets up, you know, uh, and then we all rejoin each other within 10 minutes. So it's perfect. So the highlight, without a doubt, of uh, this Disneyland trip was one of the new Star Wars rides called Rise of the Resistance. This is the ride that consistently has the longest wait time, without a doubt, throughout the park. Um, the key to riding this ride is either right when the park opens or during the fireworks because during the fireworks uh the uh fireworks all happen over the magic castle the magic castle is right near the entrance and star wars land i can't remember what they call that is as far away from the entrance as you can get and so the ride is still, you know, it's still an hour wait, but it's way less while everybody's watching the fireworks. And then even after the fireworks, you know, the kids are small. It's, you know, after the fireworks, it's 10. They're ready to go home, you know. Uh, and then the park is open for two more hours. So, Rise of the Resistance. Uh, I, I, it's hard to explain it's it's a it's a ride that has a lot of um, humans in it, but anyway, I'll just here is the here is this is why this is the coolest thing ever. So there's a little shuttle, you know, Star Wars shuttle, and you all load into that, and it's not you're not seating, you're you're standing in this shuttle. And there's some screens around and you can feel the thing kind of like rocking around a little bit, but it's just, it, you know, and there's some animatronic Akbar at the front of the thing. 
and then it's like, oh no, we're being pulled into the um to the to the loading bay of a star destroyer. They've got us in our in their in their tractor beam. And when you get pulled in and you're like, okay, because you you know, when you ride it the first time, you're like, I don't know what this is. Cause everything else in the park is like you sit down in a thing and then you get pushed around on a track, right? Like that's every ride at Disneyland. But not Rise of the Resistance. Um, so after you get done being jostled around a little bit in this shuttle, the door opens and you walk out of this shuttle into what looks exactly like the docking bay of a Star Destroyer. There's 40 stormtroopers on the far side of the room. The ceilings are 30 feet high. It's huge and cavernous and it's just, it looks exactly like, it's not screens, it's not projections. They have built it to look exactly like a Star Destroyer. It's, it, it, it definitely like, takes your breath away because you're like what because this is the other thing too is the last thing you saw you know you just walked like how how did we get here because you were in you went from the outside to this shuttle to now this enormous inside and you're just like are we underground are we in a mountain what's going on and there's a ton of other cool effects that they do in this that are really super neat if you want to see it, there's a cool um, a YouTube video about how they do it, you know, and it's just made by a fan. So it's mostly conjecture, you know, he doesn't have any hard evidence, but it all seems to make sense and, and it's believable. So uh, go ahead and check it out. It's a, it's a fun time. Well, uh, before we leave, I will just tell you this one last funny thing that happened. Um, we were in downtown San Mateo, and uh, we had just eaten at Pacific Catch, which is my kids' uh, favorite place to eat now, which is a little bit of a bummer because it's very expensive. Anyway, um, we are <laughs> we're leaving and we're walking back to our car, and we're passing a gaggle of, I'm assuming, teenagers. You know, if you're under the age of 35, I really have no idea how old you are. So, I, um, I, as, as we are walking past them, this gaggle of teenagers, one of them says to the other, um, Oh my God, your brother is so old. He's like 24. And I look over the, because I knew what was coming. As soon as she said so old, I'm like, mm -hmm, let's hear what so old is like. So she says, oh my God, he's like 24. And I just look over her and I go, ew, gross, so old. And everybody laughs. And of course, the kid is horrified. Which is, of course, every parent's job is to embarrass their child on the streets of their town.
Okay, well, from me, from the music of Yabba and Bright Brown, let's do this one more time. Till then!